Hello and welcome to Called Bank Sports. So tonight the Utah Jazz dropped um, a game in which they really didn't play that well, especially towards the end of the third quarter and fourth quarter to the Dallas Maver- against the Dallas Mavericks. The final score ended up being 111-103, which is a bit closer than the game actually was. However, overall, I'm not really concerned about tonight. And while there might be some overall trends that continue tonight, if you look at the season as a whole, the Jazz have these one-off games where they just can't hit a three. Um, and they have had those throughout the year, but they haven't been so consistent that I'm freaking out whenever they have a game like tonight. So my main takeaway is that Royce O'Neal just had a really rough night where he shot eight shots from three. Um, those were the only eight shots he took. And he couldn't hit a single one of them. He ended up scoring two points from the line. But that's going to happen. Now, there is some concern that Royce O'Neal typically falls off towards the end of the season, which leads me to believe that while I'm not sure what you do entirely moving him out of the rotation for a couple games, but that we should give him some rest so that he's able to play at a higher caliber, especially just because... You know, he's always guarding the number one option on the other team. Like tonight, he guarded Luka a lot. And that's rough. I mean, that's going to tire you out, especially after you had, you know, a back-to-back Friday and Saturday. So I definitely think the Jazz were a bit tired. And you drop games like this. It happens. So not overall, like I said, I'm not too concerned. But taking a look at the team stats, it was pretty dismal from three. The Jazz shot 12 of 44, 27%. And so when you look at this and you did only lose by eight, and I understand this isn't an exact science, but let's say the Jazz hit 20 out of those 44 shots that they took. And all of a sudden, sorry, um, sorry for that distraction. One second here. What were the, so 20 out of, uh, sorry. So they hit 12 of 44. So if they hit 15, out of 44. I mean, that's 34%. That's still a bad game for them, but then they win by one. So nights like tonight, you just have an off day and it happens. So I do think, however, that in kind of a more meta grand scheme of things, that this loss could actually be one of the better games for the Jazz to lose. Um, Now 538 predicts that the Mavericks will finish in the sixth spot, one game behind the Lakers, as opposed to the two games behind that they had them previously. So depending on where you want the Lakers to fall seed-wise, this increases the chance that the Lakers will fall down to six or seven. And I think that that's what would be best for Utah if you have the Lakers fall down to six or seven and then you don't have to face them until the Western Conference Finals. So if you're going to lose a game, I'd prefer that you'd lose it to the Mavericks um, over losing it to another team, either higher or lower in the standings. But that's kind of a bit deeper than you typically go. But again, the Mavericks are a good team. Luka's an outstanding player. Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle is an amazing coach. They're a lot better than their record. They've been coming back off of COVID. Uh, the beginning of the year hit them really hard with just them not being able to have players, whether it was due to quarantine or whether it was due to actual positive tests. 
And then you also have KP, who you can have a debate of how good he is, but I definitely think he's still injured and struggling to find his role with the team. Didn't play tonight, obviously, but there's still a lot of potential on this Mavericks team. And I would, because of that, never write them off in a game. And that's really just my main takeaway from this is stinks to lose, but the Jazz still are far and away the team with the best chance of getting the number one seed. And that's what I expect to see. So I'll get here to the comment, um, to the live chat in a second. If you guys are watching, leave a like. We really appreciate it. Whether that's live or not, it helps people find the channel. So we just got to over 450 subs today, and hopefully we can keep making that push to 500. Um, Sawyer Parker said in the chat, we were shooting really bad, but we made a decent comeback. Um, O'Neal needs to score more. The Jazz don't have two... Oh, so they just said that the Jazz don't have two more than two days of rest in a row for the rest of the season. So let me just take a quick look at that. I believe you, but that is going to be... It is really crazy with where you with where the pandemic has put scheduling and how little rest teams get. So looking at it, we have um, a back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday um, against Phoenix and Portland. So that's going to be rough. There is a flight in between those. Then got another back-to-back after a couple days. And yeah, no, it's looking like... Um, the Jazz don't have, dang, that, that's a crazy schedule. I do think, however, though, that while the Jazz don't have more than a day's rest, and that's going to be really pushing just how tired they are, they are in a better spot than other teams because of, A, their difficulty of schedule being really low, um, at least the remaining difficulty, and B, I think other teams are worse since we only have one makeup game, and that's going to be against the Washington Wizards versus however many makeup games other teams have, especially the ones that missed, you know, four, five games or even or more than that due to COVID in the beginning half of the schedule. So it does stink for the Jazz, but I'm sure you're going to see more resting down the line, especially when they get into a better position and I believe lock up the one seed towards... What towards what? Let's see. When do I think towards the end of April? And that'll give them a week or two to make sure that their players are prepared for the finals, for the playoffs. And that'll be a big advantage that Utah has over other teams in the conference. But that is crazy how frequently, how frequent these games are going to be where I'm interested if Mike Conley's going to end up skipping just a one-off game instead of skipping the second half of a back-to-back like he's been. And speaking of Mike Conley, you have a back-to-back. Um, I I think you play him against Phoenix coming up here, but I wonder if there's a back-to-back where we might see him coming and um, playing the second game instead of the first game like he typically plays. And I did just catch. I missed this the first time. They do have two days rest April um, 14th and 15th between playing OKC and Indiana. But other than that, it's one games or zero games rest for the rest of the season. And it'll be interesting to see how they end up pulling that off with that just being really grueling, especially with all of the travel that they're going to have to be um, participating in towards the end of the year. So other than that, um, plus minus tonight, looking at the Jazz, 
You did have all the starters in the positive, which is really good. I do think they still needed to play a lot better for us to be able to win. And then really the bench just kind of struggled tonight with everyone being um, down double digits. So again, when you have such a terrible shooting night from three, especially when the Jazz have depended on it so much this year, that's just what going to happen. Is what wh- that's just what's going to happen, and it stinks. But I mean, that's basketball for you. So thankfully, it hasn't been a long losing streak. I mean, this is one game, so that's not even a streak. The Jazz have only lost, I think, two games in a row this whole year. Maybe they lost three games in a row once. But I don't expect to see that trend to change, and I expect them to pick up a win. Um, well, maybe not against Phoenix, definitely against Portland this week. So they'll pick up one of those two, and I'd be pretty confident on them picking up both. But they're both really good teams, who, and Portland has been plagued by injuries, but they're definitely in a better spot to go and win that game here, um, to go and beat the Jazz this Wednesday. Sorry, this Thursday, I believe, but... You know, I, I do think the Jazz will end up beating Portland. Um, looking at the Mavericks, it's honestly, did they only have six players score tonight? That's that's crazy to me. So they only had six players score. It does really help when you had Finney Smith go five for twelve from three. And who else had a, and runs who else had a good Richardson go five for five from three. I mean, all of a sudden you say that Richardson only hits 40% normally, I'd imagine, if not lower than that. And again, that's a nine-point swing and the Jazz win by one. So this game, I feel like, was full of a lot of flukes. Definitely are some things that the Jazz can take away from from it and do better in the future, but not a big concern for me. Um, did you see that full-court shot that Conley make that didn't count? I didn't. Um, I'll have to... Look that up. I didn't end up watching the game. Um, I had to, I listened to it on the radio, but I must, I, sometimes my service goes out, so I end up missing some of it, and that must have been part of it that I missed, but I'll have to look that video up here after the stream. So, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. I do think I'm going to call this one. Um, sorry for the late stream, and sorry for it being so short. Um, Dale and I are towards the latter end of the semester, here for both of us and things are getting a lot more hectic as we look to finish up final projects and prepare for um, some end of term exams. So we'll do our best to keep following the jazz, but promise that towards the end of April, we'll get back on it full steam and we'll be here for the playoffs. So keep looking for our live streams after games and thanks so much for tuning in. Go jazz.